Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>definitely sold it thank you i'm casey ryan and i'm todd panic and we watched Zack snyder justice league part two i am in the depths of my voice a uh, little <laughs> peek behind the uh the podcast curtain here it has been two weeks since we recorded the last episode i had to call out last week's recording because my son got sick yep and then I got it. <laughs> you so got it. Oh, wow, I am wow. right on the cusp end of it. And uh, two days ago, I wouldn't have been able to say this whole sentence without being like. <laughs> and you're an old man now. You're 40 years motherfucker. old. <laughs> you absolute motherfucker. Well, may I tout your awesomeness, uh, your birthday present to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Motherfucking Kevin Conroy. Happy birthday, Casey Ryan. We should put that up on the website. 100%. When this episode comes out, we will 100% put it up. By the way, the beginning of it is now going to be the alarm on our family calendar for my birthday of him going, Happy birthday, Casey Ryan. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, the whole name and everything. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, you celebrated a birthday. You're I back did. up, not quite to 100%, but you're certainly back to uh, fighting weight here. And uh, I'm we, ready to go. I'm ready to talk about this amazing movie a little more. The second half of this movie. Boy, what an amazing ride that was. I got halfway through the first section when <laughs> fell ill. 
what is this, the fucking 1800s? Mm-hmm. It felt ill. Um, but oh, I uh, beat that. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, I, well, bleep it. Okay. <laughs> or just leave it and I'll bleep it. Yeah. So I never got a chance to go back. And then I started watching it again. And I'm like, this feels disjointed. And I got all the way to the epilogue and went, fuck, I forgot to go back. Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't going back. So yeah, yeah. I may be a little foggy on the first, like, okay. 10 minutes. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> like when when they're uh, up until they, they uh, get to the warehouse. Okay. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Up until then, I'm like, mm, some shit happens. <laughs> now, now listen, we, you know, we're a little bit loosey goosey here. We do have some structure we need to preserve. I mean, we our, do. Our tagline. Uh, are you drinking a beer? I am. Are you? I, I am. Okay. Uh, what are you drinking? Well, you know, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So I. I'm drinking a beer from one of my favorite breweries, which is Middle Ages Brewing Company here in Syracuse, New York. They're one of Syracuse's oldest craft brewers. Uh, They go back at least 25 years. I found out at the beginning of COVID that one one of my neighbors in our development is one of the owners of Middle Ages. And I have been drinking yeah. their beers in my kegerator all throughout COVID. So, uh, Isaac, thank you for <laughs> helping me get through this dark time. My Rad. beer this evening, I think, is a perfect fit. So we've said many times, our podcast is really just an extension of the conversations we've been having at bars for years before or after our superhero movies. So well, in the grand Barb. tradition of the social nature of the local watering hole, I'm drinking Middle Ages Brewing Company's Public House Pale Ale. Oh, nice. This American Pale Ale is hopped with Citra, Cascade, Columbus, and Nugget Hops. 5.6 alcohol by volume, and it is refreshing. Some of you youngsters might not realize that's why it's called a pub. It is short for Public House. That is 100% correct. Casey, I see that you have a beverage yourself. What are you drinking this evening? Well, you know, as as you were talking, I I was half listening, I promise. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking of how I could theme my name. Sure. Well, um, it seems like the Snyderverse is dead at this point. Uh-huh. I, I say no. I would like to see more of sure. this. So I'm drinking because it would take a blue moon for this to come <laughs> out again. Uh, so I am drinking blue moon, Belgian white. It's a staple in my house. Good beer. Nice, smooth, relaxing beer to <laughs> my vocal cords that are wrecked right now. Yeah, sure. That'll work. Well, listen, buddy. End of season four. End of season four, my friend. Congratulations. Who would have thought five years ago, A, we would be doing a podcast. Not a clue. (laughs) And we'd still be here. That's right. Oh, I'm very happy with my selection. I'm very happy. I I like Blue Moon. I forget that I like Blue Moon until someone puts it in front of me and I go, all right, this is a good, like, if there's nothing else, beer. Not to say that it's bad, but you're always going to enjoy a Blue Moon. It's a steady Eddie. I will always enjoy a Blue Moon. Boom. Steady Eddie. I like it. Hey, we have one reshoot. We we do. We do. <laughs> Which is completely by happenstance because the first episode hasn't even come out. Our buddy Chuck nope. uh, on our group chat pointed out that the cop that Lois brings the coffee to is the fucking original Jimmy Olsen from the 78 Richard Donner, Chris Reeve. Superman. Yes. And of course, let's see. I think he mentioned that before we did the rewatch for the for the first episode for part one. No, the weird thing was it was in between. Oh, was oh that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because that's why we didn't mention it. The, yeah, that's right. It was in between the two, and it was just like, oh shit, right. And I didn't bother looking it up, but when they closed in on that guy 
and held on his face while he was talking about, I didn't think you were coming today. I'm like, that's got to be somebody that's carrying on the tradition because like we talked about in Superman, the movie, the, uh, the parents of the little girl of little Lois Lane on the train are the original, not George Reeves, but the original, I can't remember his name, Superman and Lois from the serials. You're right. And and of course he said that we, uh, must've watched, I think I only watched, I watched the first, you know, chapters chapters one, two, and three in prep for the last episode. I like to keep it fresh. And so, of course, on the rewatch, I, I paused early on as I was fast forwarding through. I'm like, oh my God, there he is. Sure enough. And it's not him at the resurrection, right? That's a different no, cop. it's him. It's him throughout. That's him it's, too? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, fuck. Mark good McClure is the actor. Good for Mark. Yeah, good for him. So, but Chuck Eagle Eye, well done. Yeah. And it's weird that we have this reshoot in the middle of a two-parter of episodes that haven't even come up. Like, when he sent that, I was like, well, this is a reshoot, and it's probably the only time this is going to happen. I think you're 100% correct. It was awfully well-timed. Good way to go, Chuck. Listen, if somehow you've skipped episode 79, stop, go back, listen to episode 79, because we're going to talk about the last half of the movie tonight. And if somehow you were still listening after I yelled at you at the beginning of the episode, (laughs) man, you are stubborn. That's true. Go back and listen to it. It's two hours. You'll be fine. Yeah, we'll wait. Everybody caught up? All right. Well, listen, you know, Casey, I think uh, since we've done that, there's nothing left to do. Roll that film. We pick up with part four, Change Machine. We've got Commissioner Gordon. He's at the bat signal. This is the summoning of the crew. Batman is looking down on him from his perch. He gets joined by Wonder Woman and the Flash. Commissioner Gordon shares a sketch of what the parademons look like. Spoiler, looks a lot like Batman. <laughs> it sure does. And Wonder Woman gives us a little bit of exposition. The here. demons must have caught the scent of a mother box. They carried people away to find out what they know. So the eight may still be alive. Cyborg shows up. Nine. Gives another info dump about his father. The head of Star Labs was taken tonight. With a little bit of on-the-spot detective work. So how do we find them? There must be a nest nearby. I plotted all the sightings in Metropolis, Gotham. No discernible pattern I can see. The lines on the map don't converge. On land, these lead back to Strikers Island, between the two cities. These are air vents. They all lead down to the tunnels of Metropolis project that was abandoned in 29. The nest could be there. Pointing us to where they're going next. Right. Two things about this scene. J.K. Simmons might have the best what the fuck am I looking at face. <laughs> Batman lands, then Wonder Woman comes in and the Flash comes in and he's like, yeah, well, this is new. Exactly right. These don't look like children dressed as birds. What's happening here? You're expanding your repertoire. Do you think later that night, Commissioner Gordon's at his house, got a little tumbler, maybe pours a couple of fingers of scotch there and he's wistfully reminiscing of the days when the weirdest thing in his life was the guy dressed up in the bat suit uh, before all these other freaks showed up. Uh, Yes. Uh, And also, I love Wonder Woman's smile to Cyborg when he comes in like, yeah, fuck the world, huh? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like the proud mama almost. It's such a great moment. um, This is really the formation of the team, right? Like this is the first time they are together as a team. And they're also like actually working together. Like, yeah, yeah, Bruce starts the conversation, but you know, Diana puts in a little cyborg, puts in a little flashes to stand there and be like, holy shit, I'm on team. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Ezra Miller, they are so good in this movie. I cannot wait for the flash movie. You know, do you find it odd, and I'm not defending their actions, but do you find it odd that they survived 
you know, an incident that certainly could have cost them their their role in the franchise. I'm so surprised that it just disappeared. So either misunderstanding and apology or they were in the wrong or were missing that part of the film because it's very strange how it just kind of jumps in on Ezra being pissed as hell. Something led up to that that we're not seeing. Oh, sure. And I'm not defending their actions of throwing a woman to the ground, but every person has their breaking point. And I'm wondering if it was one of those, we'll catch them on film and blackmail them. And they got their hands on the full film and were just kind of like, hey, look, (laughs) here's where you taunt me for 20 minutes and yeah it does yeah it does seem like there's something missing because you you would have thought that in in today's culture that would have been the end of ezra miller right i mean if mild cannibalism gets rid of army hammer (laughs) who was up for the batman that's right yeah yeah, yeah. not the batman not pattinson but he was it was down to john ham uh ben and (laughs) army hammer and i was like WB's probably going, fuck, we dodged such a huge bullet. Yeah, yeah, finally. Back to The Flash. So as everyone else leaves. (laughs) This is my favorite moment. I mean, again, The Flash humor. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Do you really think that... Oh, wow. They just... They really just vanish. Huh? Oh. That's rude. This is the thing that I will point out to anyone who's like, Zack Snyder's movies have no humor. This is fun, as funny as any Marvel quip you can put it up against. It's so good. I mean, again, I feel like we can explore themes in here. Sure, because a lot of the second half of this movie is, and then they fight. (laughs) We got some room to breathe. In the theatrical cut, the scene where Bruce meets Aquaman, Uh the theatrical cut ends with what I would call a goofy joke. I hear you can talk to fish. That I think really undercuts the whole scene. Uh-huh. This scene ends with, oh, how rude, which I'm assuming you just dropped in. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you? So this scene ends with a little bit of a cheesy quip there, but it works. It doesn't seem to undercut the scene. And I wonder if it's just, this is a scene that doesn't need the gravity that Bruce's call to action to Arthur needed. Any opinion on why it works here and the one in the beginning with Bruce just seems to be goofy. Well, the one in the beginning was Joss Whedon being like, look at me, put my my quippiness in the movie. This is just natural. It's funny because it's Barry, and Barry is awkward and weird and doesn't know how to be a superhero yet. That's a great point. Bruce is a 20-year veteran, lost a Robin or two, and uh, a couple other things along the way. So him go- going, I hear you like to talk to fish, just doesn't make sense. Just like it's not in this movie, but when... They're fighting resurrected Superman. That spoilers abound. If you go watch the movie, there's no that terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, something is definitely bleeding. In this yeah. cut, and, which is just, I, I remember, we saw this together, right? Yeah. Because this was like I, a stupid, like, yeah. seven o'clock movie, remember? Like, that was the <laughs> yeah. only time we could see him. Because like, that was when IMAX, yeah. But, like, there was no other movie afterwards. It was seven, and then they were just. Like, WB knew they had a shit movie on their hands. Yeah. And they were just like, eh, 7 o'clock, get it done. Um, and I remember when he goes, oh, something's definitely bleeding. I remember just putting my head in my hands like, what is happening in this movie? So I think you may have nailed it. It, it, it might just be the character. Yeah. Bruce should not deliver the cheesy quips, right? Flash, 100%. But Bruce shouldn't. I'm I'm there. I'm there. It has come out that not only... You know, obviously we know about Ray Fisher and his problems with Joss Whedon and Gal Gadot. Did you mm-hmm. read the thing that Ben almost 
cold cock Joss at one point. No. For the way he was acting on set. Wow. Like, and this is like, this is Ben Affleck at Batman level. Don't fuck with him. He's a big (laughs) guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's a fairly, yeah. pro- he's a very professional individual. To get him to that level, I don't even want to know what he said. Must have been pretty egregious. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I had a thought there. You answered it perfectly. Batman's not the one to deliver quips. Listen, I'm good. So I'm they good. head to Stryker Island, which uh, I will point out here. And then when they talk about the Russian city, which has a different name, we talked about in part one, Priapet. Uh, but it's got a different name in the movie. It's obviously supposed to be it. Just they changed the name to not like have the Russian government come after them. They're like ghost city, not far from Moscow. It's been abandoned since the nuclear <laughs> accident there 30 years ago. Yeah, we get it. It's Chernobyl. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They point out that Stryker Island is abandoned. Mm-hmm. Every time they go in for a big fight, like no one's here, <laughs> no casuals. <laughs> like true. it's Zack Snyder being like, okay, you happy? I'm not killing hundreds and thousands of people. It's in the Bay of. And again, this is Metropolis, is that right? No, they're in Gotham, the bat symbol went oh, up. In, oh, that's right, Gotham. Yeah, listen, that would be prime real estate. Like, uh, I mean, they're not just letting that sit, right? There's a Starbucks on there and a uh, shopping mall. <laughs> they're just going like, they're just like, we're biding our time. That's right. We just need right. one bookshop down there and then we'll put a Starbucks in. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Get the hipsters down there. The only one that I am okay with them being like, it's abandoned, is obviously... Uh, whatever the Chernobyl area is. Because people aren't going to live near Chernobyl for 20,000 years. Except, inexplicably, they are. Because in the theatrical release, Superman has to lift the apartment building. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're right. Oh, I blocked that stupidity. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense, right? God, I hate Uh, It's either a nuclear apocalypse or it's not. Oh, right, because it's when the Flash is pushing... Uh, the truck. He's got. He's saved one family. Superman has a whole building full. Yeah. God. Okay. That's enough about the just the. Yeah. What did you see the thing they're calling it online now? The Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, now listen. If it seems that Joss Whedon has done all these things, and then, you know, he should be held accountable. Uh-huh. But I'm just so bummed because I do like his work. Of course. Not the theatrical release of this one, but. Yeah, that one's. It's the same, you know, it's uh, how a lot of people felt about Cosby. I mean, Cosby did a lot worse for a longer time. Who knows? When the dust settles, it might come out that Josh was just like, I just was having a tough time doing the movie. But the weird thing is there's been radio silence on his side. Well, I think the people coming forward from the Buffy years in Angel, I think, have kind of sealed his fate. Because you're right. You could totally say, look. This period when I was working on this, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. my best self. I regret that. You th- you know, that's a very understandable talk track. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard to say, listen, for the last 20 years, I've been a rotten human being to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a tough sell. I mean, you can, I mean, I guess you can try, but, yeah. Yeah, and kudos to Ray Fisher for not letting this go quiet. I, I applaud him for. Yeah. I'll admit, I was skeptical at the beginning when, it, sure. when they were saying that he wasn't cooperating um, with Warner Brothers' investigation. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think he's been vindicated by everything. So. Yeah. Speaking of which, we go to Stryker Island. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's subtle differences in the plot structure. This versus the theatrical. I, I feel like they don't get to Stryker Island the same way in the theatrical. 
I could be totally wrong on that. In the, uh, in the Nightcrawler? No, I, I mean, like, the whole reason why they go there. Was it because of the hostages the, or the kidnapped people? The kidnapped people are there because Bruce says to Barry, just save one at a time, which is... I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the theatrical release, what gets them to Stryker Island? It has been since it came out on video that I've watched that mm-hmm. cut because I watched it again to be like, oh, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Oh, wait, it was. Yeah. So they all come in and there's part of the scaffolding that's broken. Uh, the Flash zooms across and Wonder Woman does her little smirk. She jumps across. So it's just Cyborg and Batman. I heard about you. Didn't think you were real. I'm real and it's useful. Such a badass line. It's a better line than I hear you speak to fish. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> dressed like a bat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They find Steppenwolf, who's interrogating the prisoners. Please, we have families. Then you have weakness. It was very reminiscent of the mountain from Game of Thrones. Where's the gold? You have been near a mother box. The scent is on you. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't want Steppenwolf to interrogate you about the mother boxes if you have no fucking idea, <laughs> which is basically what's happening to these people. With the exception of Silas, they have no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, and Silas, like, is ready to jump on the grenade. Where is it? Leave him alone! He he doesn't know! You carry the scent, too, but stronger. I will die before I tell you. You'll die if you don't. Which is unfortunate for him as Steppenwolf is about to tee up on him when Cyborg engages. And now we've got to fight. Yeah, Cyborg blows the stealth of the mission. So 100%. (laughs) So Steppenwolf sees Diana for the first time. Ah, my son. Oh, this one will be mine. And fuck the line. I belong to no one. I felt like he sh- she should have turned to camera and been like, especially Joss Whedon. Oh. <laughs> it just, I know it was filmed before he took over, but it was such a fuck you to everything he did to this character. Well, I, listen, I don't, think, I don't think that's what the line was to, but it certainly works. No, no, it's not, but it, it's so beautiful yeah. that it, now it is that. No, it was, it was just a badass sure. line that, that Zack Snyder had Diana say. It was so cool. One of the many things I love, so as Wonder Woman engages with Steppenwolf, her theme ramps up. Oh this is God. exactly... Uh, we get a little bit with Superman, but it's her music is the most iconic in this film. And they use it's it. It's the most recognizable, yeah. They use it so well because as as that ramps up, you're like, yeah. I'll put it underneath yeah. you. Don't worry. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, first she lands and we, of course, get the chanting woman again. Danny was in the room while I was watching this and I pointed that out to her. And then the Wonder Woman theme starts. And I'm like, and of course that. And she goes, yeah, because it's the best theme ever. I'm like, my God, if we weren't already married, I would have proposed <laughs> right, right then and that's there. Right, that's right. Uh, oh, and a correction to myself earlier. The whole team is not on the rooftop with Commissioner Gordon because, of course, Aquaman's not there. So, there. But Aquaman said no, remember? That's right. That's right. This whole fight kicks ass. Did you catch – there was something weird, and I'm assuming this was a this, – this must have been in the stuff they – well, maybe not. When – Batman tells the Flash, I'll get those people out of here. I'll make sure these things follow me. His voice sounds really weird. Did you, like, it was so weird, I, I rewound it, it to get the timestamp. Uh, I think it's it's one of the only times we hear him yell 
with the augmentation. Okay. Most of the rest of the time, he doesn't, like, all the stuff in BVS when he yells, half the mask is gone, so it's mostly his real voice. Sure, sure. I th- It's the same problem they ran into on Arrow, because this is where that started. Sure. Yeah, well, you watched the beginning of yeah. Arrow. I, I th- I, I'm assuming you've dropped off because you haven't mentioned it That's to me correct. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not for lack of not liking it. You've just... No, nope, there's yeah. a lot of... Stuff competing, hundred percent. But you saw he does the he touches his chest and all of a sudden yep. he's just got this sound to him. You know, later seasons they just kind of because they had to have Oliver start yelling stuff and like Stephen, can you just so by like season four if he would just do this and then <laughs> when he had to yell he would just do this. That was that was all it was. It was just yeah. Stephen Amell doing a voice. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I noticed it. And I I'm wondering it. if it's a if it's an ADR line that they couldn't get Ben for, so it's just somebody else, and then that, they augment it. I actually wondered that. That's I, maybe it's Zach. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's well. I'm assuming this is going to come out on Blu-ray, and I'm hoping there's going to be a, uh, a commentary. Oh, that'd be com- insightful. Yeah, I'm not. I don't usually listen to those. For this one, I might. Um, the best of all time. It's tangent time, kids. Uh, the best of all time is Fight Club okay, and Seven, because Fight Club, it is Fitchner, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, and Edward Norton all in a room together, and I'm pretty sure Norton and uh, Pitt are high out of their minds, <laughs> and they're just pointing out, like, when they're playing golf, yeah, you find out through a story between the two of them is that they were, the noise that you would hear the balls hit, yeah was the catering truck for the movie and the catering guy wasn't too jazzed that that was happening and they're all having a good laugh about it and all of a sudden brad pitt just goes i believe we were slightly slosh when we shot this scene and ed norton goes yeah we were and then david fincher goes wait are you guys serious like oh my god you can't say this you were under insurance policies uh and weren't they on a roof uh yes they were on the roof doing it yeah drunken golfing on a roof yeah that never ends up badly yeah movie studio must have loved Loved that and uh with seven the only thing with seven is morgan freeman's filming by himself pretty sure he's high too because there is a point during one of the gruesome murder scenes he goes you know when i was in the electric company (laughs) just like what Damn it! That's gonna make me. I'm gonna have to go listen to that. Why the fuck are you talking about the electric company? I have I have it on I oh wait you have it on Blu-ray. Do I have oh I definitely have it on DVD. Maybe I have it on Blu-ray. Either one, yeah. yeah, If you have it, it's it's on on there. there, But it's so fucking weird. That's great. Yeah, you're right. This is one I would definitely listen to. This one just to hear, especially move it along, guys. There's a cool moment. We get confirmation that Alfred cheers. The energy is dissipating. My God, it works. You know, this is the most gimmicky that this movie feels for me. And and I don't know if it's simply to address, like, this is how Batman survives Superman's wrath later, you know, when he's resurrected. I, I don't really know what's, what purpose the gauntlets serve. They, they just feel like a little bit of a gimmick. I think he knew there were, because he had the vision with the parademons Mm -hmm. in it in BVS and they had been described to him and he had heard about the parademons. So I think he was just kind of preparing for the next step. Like I'm just a dude in a suit. I got to take it up a level. Okay. And I love that when we get there, we can go more in depth in it. It doesn't work against Superman. 
Both of them fail. It works for a minute. Yeah, but he has to get rid of them. It's not. It so it obviously wasn't designed. It, it, it's not for like a Superman. new piece of equipment that's going to be part of his permanent armament. I think he thought it was going to be. I think also he's trying to take on. Oh well, Diana <laughs> can do the slam their wrists together and make the. Because when that happens in part one, remember Diana's like, maybe we could get him a, a lasso. Make sure you make it black. From a storytelling perspective, it just feels like a weird addition to the character that's not canon that I am aware of. Batman will build things to fight certain people. Okay, I mean, okay. Yeah, that's I not guess odd. That's, that's not that's an fair. odd thing. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with it because they come. There's not a whole lot of time spent on them. They're used in this fight. And then when they resurrect Superman, they're destroyed okay. and he doesn't get new ones. He moves yeah. on to his tactical suit after that. So he's like, oh, I got to yeah. bring out the big right, guns. Celebrate later, Alfred. I need the Nightcrawler. After Alfred pats himself on the back for the gauntlet design, uh, he sends in the Nightcrawler because Batman realizes that, you know, they need to get the fuck out of there. Thought you'd never ask. Or actually, Batman <laughs> wants the armament, right? So Batman jumps into the Nightcrawler and uses the Nightcrawler to engage Steppenwolf and literally throwing everything they've got at the bad guy. And this is a moment... W- Batman has a quip here, but it's a perfectly fine quip for Batman. My turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't understand. Like, hey, yeah, character. absolutely. He's going to say my turn and then just start raining hell down on these guys. Next is a perfect example of a scene that's in both cuts, but with a very different feel because there's an ending that doesn't happen in mm. this one. So we've got this great shot. Again, 10% of the movie in slow motion doesn't bother me. It's every time it shows up, it looks good. So Wonder Woman fighting Steppenwolf, her sword is knocked from her hand, and she dives off the walkway basically after it. And it's this beautiful slow motion shot as she's reaching for the sword. Flash comes in and does the Quicksilver run around the room thing, right? (laughs) Came out basically the same time. And is able to just touch the tip of the sword to nudge it back to her. And his awesome moment is spoiled by his clumsy feet, (laughs) which feels odd. Again, feel like he'd have mastered that. But in any event, he trips over a lead, you know, over like a step and goes flying. Yeah. And the theatrical cut, he falls on her, much like Bruce Banner falls on Black Widow in Age of Ultron. So. Gross. Stop using that joke, Joss. No one likes it. You know, the tripping thing. It's the flash is weird in this movie. And I don't think Mm -hmm. it, it, they have to, they're going to have to do some serious retconning with the flash movie because I have a feeling part of that is going to be him figuring out how to tap into the speed force more because that's always Barry's story. How to get into the speed force, how to get, you know, how to make it work for him. And sometimes, like at the end of this movie, he 100% has fully tapped into the speed force with what he does sure. in, in Russia. Yep. Here, I think it's maybe that he hasn't figured out how to tap into it the right way yet. And that's why he trips. He also has a tendency to uh, get distracted. And as Zack Snyder has come out and said, he has ADHD, which totally fucking makes sense. With his character, he can't, fo- you know, he either is hyper-focused on one thing or can't focus on anything. Yeah, and you know what, maybe, maybe he's the opposite end of the spectrum from Batman. So Batman has been doing this for 20 years mm-hmm. and has seen it all, been there, done that. Flash Barry in this has not, this is his first outing as a superhero, right? He's right. been like, he stops the robbery in the convenience store and stuff like that. But do you get the, I get the sense that he hasn't fought supervillains or... You know, he hasn't shown up like this yet. And in fact, 
in fact, isn't there, uh, did we talk about it in part one? Didn't he say something about the flash? Like he doesn't even have a, a name for himself. He is never called movie. the flash in this movie. He doesn't find that out. That is from the CW's um, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Oh, that's Barry. Right. That's what right. Barry talk, and Barry see about. each other, <clears throat> and at the end of it, he's like, he says something about, "Wait, there's a Flash on your world too." And and Ezra's Flash goes, "The Flash." Yeah, I'm like, oh it. shit, that's right. That's Which right. is an old callback to move it along, guys. They fire a rocket at Steppenwolf and he grabs it like it's a rag doll and just throws it at the aqueduct. And I just love Barry's. What are we under right now? <laughs> the horrible <laughs> right. realization. Right. We are going to die. You know, there is an important moment that gets set up because it'll pay off at the end of the movie. Flash is wounded. I think he gets shot and kind of collapses from the pain. He gets grabbed by the parademons and scooped away. Wonder Woman has to save him. Obviously, at the end, he's got to kind of dig down deep inside. And again, maybe this is kind of his transformation to the hero in this movie. That certainly supports that idea. Right. And the Flash has uh, advanced healing. It's not like healing factor. But at the end of the movie, when he gets injured, he can heal it. by like It's almost like he just speeds up the time around the wound sure. to let it heal quicker. He's it's got really- the time stone. Yeah, I got it. How fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever seen... The Sylvester Stallone masterpiece, Daylight, they're in the tunnel that everybody else was in the tunnel, and Mm -hmm. as the water comes in, oh shit. I have to back up for a second. Yeah. No, Daylight's not a masterpiece. It's a movie. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Michael Rooker's in that. Oh no, that's that's the other one. That's the mountaintop. That's the other end. That's uh, uh, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah. No, Daybreak has Viggo Mortensen. Daylight. Oh, uh, Daylight has Vigo Viggo Mortensen. Mortensen's the cocky guy that starts to climb on his own. And then there's a second <gasps> earthquake, right. and he has the best death possibly in any movie ever because he just goes, oh. <laughs> he just gets That's, crushed. I, to- <laughs> I totally did not remember him in yeah. that. Holy cow. Vigo had a, had a you seen- quiet career before becoming Aragorn. And still has, you know, I love his choice of interest, you know, interesting stories and movies. Did you see Captain Fantastic? Very much an. Yes. Oh my God. So good. Yes, I saw it and so I also good. saw Big Morrison's penis. <laughs> Was not prepared for that shot. Well, listen, if you've seen Eastern Promises, you'd already seen it. Oh, right. The, That's right. He's in the bathhouse. The bathhouse bath bath scene. Yeah. Which he's uh, he's going for it. All hanging out there. I, you know, swinging for the fences. Good for him. That <laughs> Louisville slugger he's got there. So <laughs> is it like is it Willem Dafoe level? No, it's not Willem Dafoe level. I mean, you know. It's not a python. It's not drawing focus, you know, or altering the gravitational field in the room, but you know, it's impressive. It's there. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it got its sag card in Eastern Promises. <laughs> Good for it. Yeah, okay. Good for a little Vigo. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a little. All right. Anyways, the water comes in. Uh, Who else comes in? Yeah, the water guy. And really cool shot. I love that visual of him. I'm not familiar with him having control over water. I know Mira oh, does. Yeah. Maybe you were out of comics at this point, but in the 90s, he had to chop off his own hand because Orm I, had him. I remember that era when it was like he was like the, the gritty. The he was this. this the, the, like yeah, sure. Zack Snyder stopped paying attention to Aquaman in 1994. <laughs> Well, listen. Aquaman's got long hair and a big beard. Well, he did. No, no, no. He still does. He really doesn't, Zach. (laughs) I mean, isn't that the coolest Aquaman has ever been? 
Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, with you, mean, I don't know anyone who loves Aquaman. I don't know anyone who loves Aquaman. It's like their their main hero. He was also very cool on Justice League Unlimited because he was that Aquaman. Like he already had the big beard and long hair. He's like, get the fuck out of Atlantis. Like, sure. He was basically uh, a. He was basically an underwater pirate, right? I mean, yeah, hundred percent. So he had a hook for a hand, or uh, I'm sorry, yep. a harpoon uh, for a hand for a long time, right? And then when he cleaned up his act and got a like, it's almost like the artist went, "How can I make Aquaman look dumber than the orange and green?" I know I'll put blue, white, and teal ocean marks all over his spandex one piece and give him a water hand. His hand was made uh, of water. I'm sorry, beg pardon? What? <laughs> Go ahead, look at it. <laughs> Aquaman costume. Uh, look up Aquaman water hand and it'll be attached to it. Oh my God. Are you <laughs> kidding? Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. See, was, this is why. Oh, this is a fucking so weird time. Bad. This is. Yeah. I'm looking back at it because it's been a wow. while since I looked at it. Yeah, he's a tough character to. You know, I, right, I feel on. like. Oh, he was a white lantern at one point? Anyone who died became a black lantern, so they had to become a white lantern also. Of course. That was the whole thing with the black lanterns is, is that they were... Um, what were they resurrected? That was a cool thing. The black lanterns were cool because it was like, hey, you cheated death in continuity. No one cheats death. Boom. Zombie. Got it. Okay. Oh, post-crisis blues. That is maybe... Uh, I see a, a light blue and a purple and white. This is he's got two hands though. Listen, he's just a weird character. He's never been cooler than Jason Momoa. So good, good for them. Water Thor. Water Thor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they're all saved. Huzzah! Huzzah! Then we cut back to uh, old Steppenwolf. Yeah, he's communing with the mother boxes. Uh huh. Steppenwolf has a vision of a desolate landscape, and he says, "It is here on this world." And he drives his axe into the ground, and a symbol appears. Mm -hmm. It's the, not the Allspark, that's fucking Transformers. It's the anti-life. The anti-life equation, that's what they're looking for. Which, of course, is the big MacGuffin that Darkseid wants, which... Yeah, it almost feels like Darkseid doesn't care about the mother boxes so much. I mean, he wants the mother boxes to, to, uh, not terraform, Uh, uh, it has a name in the comics where he turns the world into apocalypse, an apocalypse world. I can't remember what it's called. In this, they, they reference the unity. So the unity is what Yeah, but, but the when world. the unity is there's, there's when the mother boxes term. come together. Um, and in the comics, the mother boxes don't yeah. really make it happen, per se. The mother boxes are very different. It's like the, uh, the Tesseract and the Cosmic Cube. They're the same idea, but there's stuff that's different. Got it. Um, I, I decided to speak Marvel to you to okay. help you out there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Now I understand. Desaad shows up. It looks like Desaad controls access to Darkseid. Yeah, like we said the last time, he's the gatekeeper. And Steppenwolf has fallen from grace because he betrayed Darkseid. So his penance was having to conquer 10,000 worlds. 50. like that. 50,000, sure. 10, 50. At that point, who gives a fuck? Yeah. But once Steppenwolf tells Desaad, I have found the primitive planet. The world that fought back, it is Earth. The anti-life equation is carved into the surface of this very world. Everything changes. Desaad's image on the mother box uh, Skype terminal disappears, and Darkseid shows up. And And great scene, right? Like, really good scene. 
this year marks the 50th anniversary of the creation of Dark Side. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Jack Kirby yeah. created all the new gods. I mean, that's sure. why they look the way they do. They're very Kirby-esque. It's the same look as the Kirby Asgard. Right. I mean, it's the same. I mean, that's Kirby. I mean, that's what, that's what. Wait, who did it first? Kirby's Asgard was around first, right? Thor. Yeah, yeah, Thor. So, yeah, I mean, it, and they do it all the time. They'll pilfer the art, artist and be like, can you, uh, can you come over here for a second? Just uh, no, I think New Gods was also the period when Jack Kirby had left Marvel very contentiously. Well, then 70, he was probably very excited. 1971, the year of my fabulous birth, is when he creates New Gods. Mm-hmm. And Oh, no, but he goes back. That's right. So 71 to 75, he goes to D.C. That's when he creates... The new gods of Fourth World um, and all these characters. I mean, Mr. Miracle, Big Big Bartha, yeah, Orion, Granny Goodness, who we also see in yeah, this movie, yeah, yeah. yeah, Granny Goodness, yeah, holy cow, I, God, Granny Goodness, such a badass character. I want the movies to be done well so we could get more of them, but holy cow, give me a new gods movie, kind of. Well, we almost got one. I, well, kind of like what. I think we're going to get with the Eternals with Marvel. Yeah. Give me something like that. And I'm down for all of the dark side scenes. And we, we get that little glimpse of apocalypse and yeah, give me, give me that. I'm good. Give me that. So dark side has a speech that is absolutely terrifying. I have turned 100,000 worlds to dust looking for anti-life, looking for those who robbed me of my glory. I will stride across their bones and bask in the glow of anti-life, and all of existence shall be mine. Uh, th- we, I think you referenced this in the part one. Darkseid's not even there in person. It's just his image through the mother boxes. But of course, mm-hmm. Steppenwolf kneels. As he kneels, he like sh- he retracts the armor, and those big horn uh-huh. things. That's him. It's not a. Nope. It's not a weird helmet. That's his. Uh, that's his body structure. Yep. Kind of weird. Also, in here we get our first mention of the multiverse. The anti-life equation, the key to controlling all life and all will throughout the multiverse. Now, if Zack Snyder's cut had come out, it's not a competition, distinguished competition. They would have beaten Marvel to mentioning multiverses. <laughs> that's just fair. want to put it out there. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe that's why Joss uh, uh, sabotaged this movie. <laughs> Twenty six. Yeah, he knew right. it was coming. We get it in Spider Man Far From Home. Is that the first? And that's the first time it's mentioned. We get multiverse because okay. we all lost our shit. We're that's like, oh my god, the multiverse that's is coming. True. <laughs> Spoiler. Except not. we were wrong. We were wrong. Dark Side tasks Steppenwolf with finding the third mother box, completing mm-hmm. the unity. And then Darkseid will come to Earth and claim the anti-life equation. And that would be very bad. That would be very bad. Very bad. So uh, now we're back at the uh, Bat Cave. Cyborg can't see where the other two mother boxes are. And as long as the third mother box is asleep, Steppenwolf and his group can't see it. So they're in this kind of weird stalemate. Cyborg explains a whole lot more about the mother box. He's got this connection to it, obviously. And Aquaman gives him a little bit of well, shit. You know a lot about these boxes. Makes you think. No, you're trying to say something. Oh, I'm saying it. How do we know you're not working for them? And we get more of an info dump. The Nazis found a mother box. Tells the whole story. Then that morphs That was into, a cool scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that morphs into Cyborg's story. And he really mm-hmm. kind of emphasizes this idea that the mother boxes are change machines. 
they can rearrange matter at the will of their masters. Burn down a house, the particles still exist. Particles of house become particles of smoke. Anybody with a match can turn a house to smoke. Put them on the box, turn smoke back into a house. As they're talking about this, Cyborg creates an image of a, a resurrected Superman. So clearly this is the spark for this idea. Right, because the Flash is like... I know we're all thinking the same thing right now. Who's going to say it? I'm not going to say it. And no one says it because there's an image right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a great right. scene. It works really well. It's just, it's good. It's it's good all around. There's no stupid him sitting on the lasso of truth and saying a bunch of stupid stuff. That's, yeah, yeah. Again, again, not anywhere in this one. Now, But what I love about the whole talking about the Nazis in the concentration camp, mm -hmm. here is a a black man freely walking through a Nazi-occupied concentration camp. Like the imagery that Zach is painting for us is so cool. It's that cool bit where during the exposition, the character telling, delivering the information is in the history that he's telling, even though he wasn't there. Just a really cool way of doing it. Yeah, Yeah, it looks it works really well. Now, Cyborg gives the name. The Change Machines. Which is the title of part four, Change Machines. Right. But that does not end this part. No. Next, we're with. Lois uh, and Martha. Why did you say that name? Sorry. Oh, I'm going to put it in every time. That's that's fair. You know, this is directly mirroring an episode, uh, an episode, a scene that was for some reason reshot for the theatrical where she comes to the Daily Planet and they have a very similar conversation but it's more weedened up, and I don't like it as much. Not because mm, Whedon is a monster. It's just not as good as it this. Doesn't work. I don't remember that. I don't remember that in theatrical release. I love this scene, but for at the end when she leaves and becomes Martian Manhunter and then becomes General Stanwyck, I'm okay with Stanwyck being Martian Manhunter. This scene should have been between Lois... And Martha. Why did you say that name? Because Martha comes in, and the whole thrust is, uh, you know, Lois asks her. You here with a mission, sir? I am. Trying to get me back in the world? Trying to save it. See, I was speaking in Marvel there. It was, it was a secret. I'm so disappointed okay. in you right now. Let's try that again. I'm here because when I saw Mr. Perry, he told me that you haven't been to work since Clark died. I can't. The whole world is mourning. Grieving over a symbol. Everywhere I go, everywhere I look, I see that S. I hear what people say. They talk like they knew him, but they didn't know Clark. And I can't stop them and look at them and tell them how proud I am of my son. You're the only one who knows, who feels what I do, burdened by a secret on top of grief. I came all this way because I wanted to see you tell you i understand we'll never love anybody the way that i love your son and i just miss him i miss him so much so do i sweetheart martha you know if there's anything you need i'm here there is something you can do for me honey come back to the living clearly snyder's playing the long game to introduce martian manhunter obviously we'll see him again at the end but which he was not supposed to be at the end. This was supposed to be his one. This was supposed to be his introduction. Yeah. At the end, it was supposed to be another green themed character. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, then we're back to the team. They're debating this question of. The box brought Victor back. Victor wasn't dead. Life is either one or zero. It's to be or not to be. Not both. Can you operate this box, Victor? Of course. 
but we don't know enough about Kryptonian biology. There's no telling what's going to happen. And weirdly, Aquaman turns and goes, look. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. We're going to shoehorn every other movie line into this episode. <laughs> and we're going to end season four on a bang. Yeah. But then, oh, geez, I didn't, my note doesn't have who. Is it Wonder Woman or Batman points out the key fact? Even if Superman could return, who's to say that he could defeat them? The mother box did. Victor's father activated a mother box more than a year ago when Superman was still alive. Didn't call out to Steppenwolf. None of the boxes did. Not until... Not until Superman died. Not until Superman died. It's like they were afraid of him. And that is the end of part four. Yes. So, part five. Part five. Uh, something about fathers and sons. Fuck me. I can't remember. All the king's horses. Oh, the next one is fathers and sons. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All the yeah, King's yeah, horses. Yeah. Oh, right, because they're putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, that's right. Ha, ha, ha. Zach, you're funny. Yeah. There's yeah a, so, by the way, there's a, a specific reason I keep calling her Diana. Okay. Do you want to share that with the rest of the class? Well, when they go to exhume Clark's body is the very first time in any movie she is called Wonder Woman. Oh. She is Diana. Okay. did not. Of Themyscira. She's not called Wonder Woman in, oh. Okay. All right, cool. I did Crazy, not right? That is crazy. I, I didn't even All think right. about it. In fact, when you listen to season uh, to part one, I think I call her Wonder Woman. But I was doing research today on part two, and I was like, "Oh fuck, they're right." Barry That's says it. First. Wonder Woman, crazy, right. right? Yeah. So there's a lot. I think. I mean, I, I'm going to run through this. You tell me if there's anything you want to dissect. I'm going to say right at the top when they're about to yeah. go into the um, the where the Kryptonian ship has crashed, the crash site to to resurrect him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at 2.26.30, it is the same tone, like two-note tone, two- or three-note tone that is in Batman Begins, and Batman is hunched in the same way that uh, Christian Bale's Batman is hunched. It is a, it is a crazy homage like to the prior Batman. Yeah. It's so huh. fucking crazy. Because I, I heard it, and I'm like, that sounds familiar. And then I looked it up, like I, looking in the research. That's what I found. I was like, "God damn it, Zach!" That's pretty good. You genius. Good. Well, there's a lot of stuff that happened, but I'll just say just to, to to lay out what happened. Right, Lois and Clark are at the farm. Lois, ex, Lois and Clark. Mm. Lois and Clark. That's not you right. jumped Lois ahead. And, oh, yep. I'm looking at something darker. I went down. Uh, all the king's horses. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I no totally, yep, I skipped all the way. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> well, first they exhume Clark's body, and right. that's where Barry's like, What do you think, man? You think she'd ever go for a younger guy? <laughs> I love cyborgs. She's 5,000 years old, Barry. Every guy's a younger guy. <laughs> so you're saying I've got a shot. Okay. Um, and then they fake a document so that they can get into... The uh, crash site. Oh, oh no! It's it's even better. Uh, Cyborg is like hacking in real time. Right. As the guard scans him, he inserts. Uh, I love at the Barry's end. Barry's ID. <laughs> he hands back the ID. Okay. And Barry. Okay. Oh, gee. Okay. Like, wait, it works. <laughs> That's great. You know, Barry in a lot of ways serves a similar storytelling perspective as 
Peter does in the movies, in the Marvel movies where he shows 100%. up. 100%. Right? Like he is, he is us, right? He's full of wonder and amazement at this world around him. Uh-huh. And he's surprised when those things work. I love it. Silas runs his own test to prove that there's no contamination. He's calling everybody back in. Then appears Cyborg with Wonder Woman, Batman, and The Flash. And they've got Coffin. And they're kind of like... Cyborg just kind of gives him a look like, don't blow my cover, Dad. God, not in front of the superheroes. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. <laughs> and he calls in, you know, my mistake. Keep everybody outside. Keep everybody out. Yeah, it's perfect. They get into the ship. Want to point out that when they're walking down the hallway and all the suits are coming out and they're like, yep. oh, they must know it's him. In Man of Steel, when Clark is walking through that exact same ship, he yep. uncovered, he wipes off the dust off of one of the Kryptonian pods where... Something had gone wrong with the contamination and the Kryptonian died. Yep. They walk by that same one and Cyborg notices it. Yeah. Just a great attention to detail. The blue and red suit comes out, but they walk past it. Oh, see, I, I watched this in black and white. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Oh, okay. Real hard so to good. tell when he's wearing black and silver and where he's blue and go ahead, but ask the question. Yeah, no. So, and I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but. When Superman gets resurrected, he's wearing the black suit. Yes. Is that, am I correct in understanding that's a healing suit? It's a regeneration suit. suit. It helps uh, helps him absorb the power from the sun's yellow radiation quicker and faster. It's what he wore back in the 90s when he wasn't actually dead. Uh, Save that rant for another time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's worn it a couple times. Unfortunately, lately, it's become when he's evil, and I'm like, hmm. Black doesn't always mean you're a bad guy. But yeah, I see. But that's a great point, right? So it's so it's like designed to absorb as much solar radiation as possible. So it would be black and not some other color. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Okay, and you, uh, and originally did not have a cape. They okay. just want him to have a cape. You gotta have Superman with uh-huh. a cape. Otherwise, you might as well have him in uh, you know baggy jeans and a and a. Big well, we all know right? what uh, make sense. John Peters thinks of the Superman suit. That's right. That's and it's a word neither one of us will <laughs> repeat. Uh, I, I love this whole scene in the ship. It, it all works for me. And we we were talking about this offline. Uh, like the gross plot points are kind of the same. Flash is going to run, supercharge, touch the box at the time it enters the water. But the feel of this is very different. And again, and, and I was trying to think back. Do you recall exactly, was it the exact same setup? It it was definitely different, right? So in in Whedon's cut, there's no he misses it. It touches the water. Barry's going so fast, he reverses time, touches it, and then it continues. Barry learns two powers in this one scene that I didn't catch the first watch. He learns how to reverse time. It's the first time he he does it. He also learns how to phase through material because when he touches it and then stumbles, mm-hmm. he goes through the wall, but he doesn't break it, and then he hits the wall on the other side. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because he he learned two powers from going that fast. In Whedon's cut, he touches it when it hits the water. I like that he misses, and it sets up what happens at the end of the movie. I still think it's a little janky that we're doing this. I mean, in the comics, and I guess maybe Zach hates it as much as the rest of the DC fans, the... He never was really dead. Heartbeat has gone so slow that it seems like he's dead. He's gone into Kryptonian healing, and may I just say, fuck yeah. you, Dan Jurgens. Yeah. Oh, God, so that was... I mean, 
we bought the we bought this book, Superman seven. You know Death what? Superman. Ranch is going to okay. happen now. We bought this book, <laughs> Superman seventy five. I bought two copies, one to read, one to hold on to. Still down in my basement. Not worth a fucking red cent because not dead. Never actually died. That's it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So they're they're going to jumpstart him. Flash has realized that he can generate a lot of power. He's basically shuffling his feet across the carpet in the living room and then touching the TV and getting the zap of his life. In this case, he's going to zap Superman, which when the mother box is in the pool with Superman, that'll be enough to jumpstart him, we think. Right. It'll put him back to factory uh, settings. (laughs) That's exactly what it'll do. It's a a hard reset. Yeah, that's right. And it does. He's... He's a very different Clark. Um, two things to point out. During all this, there's a cut to Lois going to get her coffee. When she wakes up, she grabs her press pass because whatever Martian Manhunter said to her inspired her to go back to work. And when she grabs her press pass, what's underneath that press pass but a pregnancy oh. test? Bum, bum, bum. I totally missed that. Holy cow. That feels important. Yeah. They do some fun, subtle things that Jonathan is coming in this universe. Jonathan being the son of Lois and Clark, in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, They do some really interesting stuff. As the team's getting ready to kickstart Superman back into life, the ship itself is trying to convince Cyborg not to wake the mother box. Uh, I I love this idea that in the same way that, I mean, this is how I read it, in the same way that the Atlanteans and the Amazonians were these ancient races who were aware of Darkseid and his army and strove against them, I get the sense that the Kryptonians must have also had some clash with him. At, like, clearly, he didn't come to Krypton. Or at least known to, 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 get to sure, steer clear of him. Sure, yeah. sure, Because they were a uh, colonizing people, right? That's why, that's why the ship is in Man mm-hmm. of Steel, right? They were here. So clearly, they must have fought him. Yeah. So the, the ship, it, I see the ship accessing like... <laughs> Like, holy shit, dark side protocols. No, no, please, please, no mother boxes, no mother boxes. <laughs> Hang on, yeah. whoa. Um, I, I I love um Cyborg's mother box visions. Yes. That really like the first one's not subtle. Wonder Woman has died. She's got the the gold pieces on her eyes. She's having a funeral pyre. Hippolyta is there, she's crying, and then as it pans out, you see one of the world engines. Just burning down, uh, uh, forming. Uh, it's just so see- cool. The second yeah. one is super subtle. First, they're in the Bat Cave. Uh, well, oh, Superman and Darkseid are in the Bat Cave. Oh, well, before that, we see Aquaman straight up murdered by Darkseid. Oh, is that the next one? I wrote it backwards. I'm yeah. sorry. First, yeah, first it's Darkseid sitting on his throne, then Wonder Woman, then Aquaman killed by Darkseid. Yeah. With the omega, with the and, omega beams, or does he shoot it at the other Atlantean? I think he shoots at the other Atlantean. I think he does. He like he doesn't put his fist through him, but he, I, think I think he, he takes like his um, physically. Try oh, to with this, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you've got the black suited Superman holding a burned corpse of Lois like, Lane, crying. Yep, uh, in yep. the Batcave. Oh, is that in the Batcave? One hundred percent. If you look in the background, that weird red room. That's in the Bat Cave. That you can see that, and you can also see the charred remains of the Robin suit. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, that's that's straight up creepy because as he's like inconsolable over Lois's loss, who comforts him with the fatherly hand on his shoulder? 
Motherfucking dark side. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Motherfucking dark side. 100%. Which is, you know, what what Barry said in BVS. Lois is the key. This she, is obviously she. the moment, which is which is what happens in the comics a lot. If Lois dies, Clark loses his goddamn mind and becomes a megalomaniac god. Um, sure. I mean, that's the whole premise of the video game, which became a comic in Justice. In Justice, right? yeah. And then we cut to uh, a destroyed some city. I'm, I'm assuming it's Metropolis with the Justice League Hall of Justice broken arch in front mm-hmm. saying Justice League. And did you catch what was laying in front of that? I did not. Uh, that would be a dead Kilowog. Oh, Oh, the, the Green Lantern Corps showed up and got their asses kicked, huh? The roided pig. <laughs> it's the only way to describe Kilowog. You gotta love Kilowog. Who voiced? I feel like somebody important voiced him in. Oh, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, which perfect. Yeah, 100%. Dead Kilowog. Well, as he comes out of this, they're counting down from three to one. Mm-hmm. And on one, he has the vision, comes back, and he says, Go! And Barry goes, Go? Yeah. It's great. It's great. And just goes like no real confirmation. The visuals of this run, again, it's in slow motion, but I'm okay with that. Better than Michael Bay where I can't see what's happening. 100%. The visuals are just so beautiful of this run specifically, but also throughout the movie. I love the way Ezra Miller runs. It's almost like he's gliding. It's like this like very fluid gliding is, I think, the best way to say it, right? But it's almost like he's dancing forward um it doesn't look like a sprint he doesn't look like a sprinter to me it's just very graceful and he kind of looks like a speed skater yeah i could see that i could see that yeah that's a movement i feel like he's doing yeah it's a really cool visual which is better than you know like john wesley's ship in the 90s flash was just it is the opposite of that kind of angular sharp Mm -hmm. movement yeah this is totally different and it works i think it really works Mm -hmm. i never would have visualized the flash running that way but i now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh, that's how he should run. If you type in probably post-crisis flash, if you look at any pictures of him, all the pictures when he's running are like like these really like... Like full extension. Yeah. So at first I thought it was silly, but the more I think about it, I'm like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just... It works. I think it's because Ezra is so long-limbed that when he extends those arms out, it's so much like... Yeah, why wouldn't you use it, right? you got this great physicality. Why wouldn't you sh- use it? Sure, sure. So Mother Box hits the water, goes flying in the air after it explodes. It lands on a car uh, next to Silas, and I love this small moment of acting from Joe Morton. He looks at it, and it's kind of still vibrating. Starts to take his coat off. He's like, shit's about to go down. (laughs) I know something bad is going to happen. i got to be ready. I'm like, what a badass. Like... He's just a scientist. He's like, it's going to be bad. I got to get ready. He's stepping up. We don't know what happens as it hits from the inside. We are then outside and we see this blast of energy that erupts Mm -hmm. skyward. That's what launches the box. And as Lois looks up, she sees a shirtless Clark. Hello. Hovering above the city. And he lands at the memorial and seems confused. Yep. The team shows up. Hopeful music swells. We did it. Hooray. Yay. Well, everything's going to be fine now. And credits. (laughs) Yeah. Except Superman starts scanning them. And I, I love the way this works. Cyborg's body reacts to this as a threat. 
Right, because he's mother box powered, so Sure, sure. It's oil and water, right? Like fire and water. It's uh it's it's no bueno. So as his body reforms a cannon. Victor. Victor. What are you doing? It's an auto defense system. It senses danger. We're like, oh shit, please don't throw a rock at this. Yes, you just did it. Fight. <laughs> this fight, pure magic. There's not a weak moment in this fight. It just, I think we may have talked about this offline. This is 100% the reason why I started Dawn of Justice against Batman, right? I'm not on board with Bruce's perspective, mm-hmm. but this fight validates that perspective that, that at least in terms of the stakes were this high, Superman, not only at one point, I mean, I love this moment when they've all like grabbed him and he's just standing there, right? So the Flash starts his speed (laughs) run around him and holy shit, as Clark turns his head and you see Barry like, holy shit, no one's ever moved that fast before. And of course he trips again. Well, first he goes to punch Flash and he misses and he comes around and uh, knocks Aquaman over, which will become important yep. at the end of the fight. I love that. That's all great, especially because it's not even a head turn from Superman first. It is just a dart of the eyes and and, and Barry being like, oh, fuck, did that just happen? <laughs> right. Did, it, did his eyes move? And then his whole head moves like, oh, shit, 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 shit. It's this wonderful, like, um, I think we talked before, maybe in Iron Man 3, about how it can be challenging to continue to challenge uh, in it from a storytelling perspective to make stakes that matter to heroes who become increasingly more powerful. Right. They don't take Flash's powers away, but for this moment, Flash is essentially a regular person because Superman can move as fast as him, but with the added effect that he's a, you know, a million times stronger. And if he connects, Barry is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't even have his speed to rely on. It's literally like he can get out of the way just in time. But holy cow, the stakes for that fight from Barry's perspective are so real. I love it. It's a it's a perfect scene. I love then that Wonder Woman tries to first talk Cal down. Kal-El, the last son of Krypton. Remember who you are. She does she headbutt him first? Please don't make me do this. No, he bets, headbutts her, and she's like, motherfucker, you do not want to play this game with me. She headbutts him. She gives it back. Yep. He is pissed, so he lifts up in the air, and like, I wanted to be like, ah, oh, flight, no fair. <laughs> then uses the force of pretty much the Earth's gravity to headbutt her down to the ground. Yeah, he he, he does the fucking uh, the ground and pound <laughs> You know, hammer and anvil, like, holy shit. If we can, like, science this for a second. Obviously, when Superman flies, he is pushing against the Earth's gravity. We see it when he he takes off in Man of Steel. All the stuff around him. And the rocks, like, yeah. I imagine he's got, like, if it's like a force field around him to lift himself up, uh, the instant he whips his head down, he just turns it off. So everything goes in reverse right into Wonder Woman because she is like a divot in the ground after that hit. Oh, oh there's a hun- there's a Wonder Woman-sized crater uh, in the concrete, 100%. She's like, no, oh, I'm going to feel that for days. We've talked about, and I can't remember, I don't think you've read it. Um, who is this? It's from uh, Mark Wade, Irredeemable. No. We talked about this comic. It's a phenomenal comic, and it has... 
what I love in comics, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, is basically a Superman-type figure who starts slaughtering the heroes. And they don't even put, they're not even able to put up as much of a fight as the Justice League does here. It's as lopsided as Superman would be against you or I. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful book. They collected it into a single large trade paperback. I've got, I'll, I'll loan it to you. It's, it's worth reading because of the Superman parallels. And in that one, they explore the limits of his power. And they're like, it's not even strength. It's almost like he has like psionic ability to manipulate reality. Oh, fuck. I, I, yeah. Yeah, because that's what Superman needs. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly Psychic right? powers. But, but it, yeah. ex- it explains like this, this like logarithmic power scale. Yeah. I can't remember if I ever talked. So in the 80s, when every company was making role playing games, okay. tabletop role playing games, uh, there was a Marvel Heroes role playing game, which was uh, okay. <laughs> there was a DC Heroes one, which was considerably more of a complex rule set. Okay. If I remember correctly, they did like this logarithmic scale, right? Like where it's it's increasing by like, exponents, you know, as you go up in a score. But that was the only way you could have, how do you put Superman in the same measure of strength as Batman? Mm-hmm. Like it's it, then either you've got a strength of four versus a strength of 400,000, <laughs> or you have to have some other way to represent that. And they did this like logarithmic scale, which was the only way to, to, how do you answer this essential question of you've got heroes that if, both of these heroes in the same universe, how do you challenge them? Right. Which is the big in my mind, the big challenge of Superman as a character, right? Yeah. How, how do you stages. how do you bring him down to the level of everybody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one mm-hmm. thing, I mean, while we're still on Wonder Woman. Sure. Which unfortunately you gave us a beautiful segue into Batman fighting Superman, but I'm gonna ruin that segue. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. If because she uses the lasso on him, which technically it should have taken him down a little. Because, uh, I, well, we don't know that. He's in, vulnerable to magic. In comic. Well we don't know about it in here. Okay. Because she could have also taken her sword, which has magical powers, and done some damage. I mean, any uh, any I, magic I don't think the sword- fucks, fucks him up. I only know this because in the comics, when the Thundercats fought Superman, Lionel's <laughs> sword, I, I, can't even, I can't even complete that sentence. It actually happened, but it was just, I was like, really? The Thundercats? Uh, You know, that's a good, you know, it's kind of like Doctor Strange's appearance in the MCU. So you're right. In the comics, Wonder Woman is magical based, right? She's Her powers are, yeah. Or her, her, like the lasso of. Her power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her power comes from magic. That hasn't shown up at all in the DC universe yet. We don't have any of that unless we truly get this, what is it, Justice League Dark? On hold. (laughs) Oh, damn it. I mean, like, that's what annoys me about Warner Brothers Studios, the wealth of characters and stories. And they and you've got a uh, movie that everyone loved in Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Sure. You know, I mean, it's sitting at like an 84, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes, while Justice League itself is still at a 40. Do the fucking yeah. math. Yeah, it's almost like an ego thing. Like they, they, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. Like they, they, they made their decision. They're sticking with it regardless of what happens. Now, I would not want to have to sit through the theatrical Justice League again. But then don't let this happen. All you've done, to, to quote Lex Luthor, the bell has been rung. I mean, just <laughs> no, no, you now know that if the fans retweet, restore the Snyderverse enough, and get enough people behind it. 
there's a strong possibility we get Justice League two and three. I'm not mad about this, but if you're that if you're that pissy about it that you cancel fucking Ava DuVernay doing New Gods, then find a new place to work. Who is that? I don't know who. Oh, uh, Ava DuVernay did. Uh, oh, fuck. What did she do? What did Ava DuVernay do? What did she do? What, what did, did do? What did you do? I thought. Uh, director. That's what I want to see. I mean, holy cow! When they see us, yeah, Wrinkle in Time. So that Wrinkle in Time. That's the big thing that she did. Selma. Which got it. Hello. She's kind of already dealt with gods. <laughs> she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just absolutely bonkers. She's an up. And, she's kind of an up and comer. I mean, not that up and comer. She's been around since 2008. Was her very first thing, but. Hmm. Ay ay Just frustrating. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, this gets worse. The army comes in. <laughs> Bad call there. They hold up about as well as we do. They hold about as well as Batman. <laughs> yeah, which is only one step ahead of them. The gauntlet holds for a second, but it 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 can't withstand the Kryptonian power. And just before Superman's about to make Batman a fried bat, who runs in? Screaming Clark. Lois, you're a fucking reporter. <laughs> Don't give away his secret identity. <laughs> Come on. I, I think we got to forgive her. Maybe uh, you know it slipped her mind. You know she was. Well, uh, Batman does it too. Batman says Clark, no. And I'm just like, he guys, yeah. you're the world's greatest detective and a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, and you both fuck up his secret identity. And it's it's not like Marvel where they're afraid to use their code names. Afraid is maybe not the right word, but you never hear Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye. You hear uh, Tony, Steve, Clint, you know. Tony. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you never sure. hear their names. But in this movie, they're like, Natasha, Sup- yep. Superman, Superman, Superman. Like, even when he's dead, they're still calling him Superman. Yeah. So Lois is the key. Barry's right. <laughs> but in the theatrical cut, she's clearly the key. In this cut, yes, and. Yeah. She's the key here, but there's more to it. Right. He hasn't fully rebooted. He's at like 45%. Well, even, you know, skipping ahead here in a minute, but okay, we'll put a pin in that because mm-hmm. we're almost at the end of this part here. <laughs> because this has a great funny moment in it. Aquaman and the Flash are still kind of half passed out on the steps and Aquaman just turns to the Flash, just points. And he's says nothing <laughs> but you know he is rip shit pissed at barry and barry's just i'm so sorry yeah, right so funny now the boom tube appears down on the kryptonian ship mm-hmm. as silas brings the mother box back into the lab steppenwolf shows up Gives me the mother box. he enters the lab like literally tearing through the doors with his uh is he slicing with his axe? yeah he's slicing with his axe mm-hmm. silas it looks like he's trying to destroy the mother box but uh, is in the cham- laser chamber with the mother box and energizes it. He is cut to pieces and incinerated. He, it almost looks like a Thanos snap. Yeah, yeah. It really does. It's tough. And, of course, Cyborg sees it. And, Dad, wait, don't! But not in time. The mother box, of course, is unharmed. Steppenwolf has it. So begins the end. And leaves. Question. Obviously, at the end of this, they get... Mother box is back. Could they not take that mother box and take a piece of Silas and remake him? There's nothing left of Silas. 
he vaporizes. Completely? Or is it just no, a pile I, of dust? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yep. It's like lasers from a thousand angles, like vaporize him. Now, yeah. in the aftermath, Cyborg realizes... He wasn't trying to destroy the box. He, he, was, he was trying to superheat it. You know, he made the core the hottest thing on Earth outside of a nuclear reactor. Now, anything that hot would have to... Blink off the charts on a thermal imaging system. Your father sacrificed himself to mark that box. We have to get back to my lab and use a satellite to scan the Earth for thermal anomalies. You've got a satellite? F6. Right. And they can use the satellites to find the heat signature of this incredibly hot uh, object on Earth. I wrote a note before we leave the section. When does living in the comic book world wear off, do you think? Because when Steppenwolf lands and Ryan Cho and the couple, of, they're like, what the fuck is this? I'm wondering when you're just like, eh, another monster. Like, do you ever get to that point? I can't tell you how disappointed I am that it went nowhere. Alan Tudor powerless. was in it. Powerless. Yeah. That, Fucking what great a wonderful show. premise, right? Did yeah. you watch it? No. I, and somehow really I never good. even was, I, I missed it when it premiered. But it, it, was it must really have only run for a couple episodes, right? Five or six. It was him, Maureen, in Rent in the the Fox one. She was a Disney kid. Yeah. Ron Funches, a bunch of that guy and that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actors. It was it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. was sad. Oh, Van- Vanessa Hudgens. That's right. Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, Danny Pudi was in it? Holy cow. Yeah, he was. It was good. It was just they never let it find its feet. Yeah. It was shaky, but like right like NBC loves to do, right when it got good, they're like, no, we're pulling the plug. I'm like, wait, it just got I want to see the next episode now. Yeah. I'm not right? watching it out of obligation for being a nerd. <laughs> right. So that was my question. And also uh, the other thing I want to point out is four out of the five Justice League members have dead parents that they have witnessed the death of or a close relative in Diana's case. Bruce had his parents. Sure. As uh, uh, Barry's mom. Barry watched his mom be murdered, yeah. unless they're not going to use that as canon, but that's almost always canon. Um, it's, well, it's got to be his father's in prison unjustly. Right, but I mean like him actually being there for Oh, it. got it, got it. Okay. Diana witnessed the death of her, her aunt, uh, yeah. Robin Wright. Spoilers for Wonder Woman again. This is the hard thing about not having not done a movie that was supposed to already be done. <laughs> listen, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, I don't, and you're watching, How dare you're listening you? to us, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And obviously, Cyborg watched his dad go, actually watched both his parents because he was in the car accident with his mom. Yeah. Fuck Ooh. me. A lot of therapy. Good. A lot of therapy. At, I hope the Justice League's health plan covers uh, mental health treatment because. Well, who's the head of the Justice League? <laughs> It's Bruce, yeah. so no. I, uh, I bought the insurance company. <laughs> right. I didn't like what my therapist said, so I bought his company. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, so that's the end of part five. So we move to part six. Oh, part five ends with with uh, let's hunt some orc, <laughs> a line, just <laughs> with him saying, let's go find the son of a bitch. That's right. Which, again, what is at the beginning of Endgame? What does Cap say? Let's, let's go, go get, get the son of a bitch. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. DC would have beat them to all these moments. Listen, they they had it. So, Casey, if we're between parts of the story, this feels like a great moment for a commercial. Yes. Hey, guys, it's Casey, and I am here to talk to you about Old Glory Insurance. That's right. If you're an old person, you need Old Glory Insurance because robots will attack you, and they use old people medicine as fuel. 
I'm sorry, I seem to be reading the wrong ad. That's for something completely different. Uh, What I'm here to talk to you about is Never Heard of It podcast. Every week, the Never Heard of It podcast brings you the good, the bad, and the forgotten in film. Host Michael Fight and Caleb Coy dig through streaming sites to find all those movies you may have missed. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes, like Howard the Duck, not so much. But they'll be there to hilariously guide you for your next movie night. Join them every Sunday wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the Night Shift Radio YouTube channel. So part six, Something Darker. Mm-hmm. So there's We're some, now on the Kent farm. Yeah. And again, this is a place that moves very fast. I mean, we're, we're building towards the final battle. Very big thing to point out here in Joss Whedon's cut, this is a fucking dream sequence. Oh, I didn't even realize that. This is earlier in the film. Right. And it it's, ends with him saying... Take that as a yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of spliced all together. It's her waking up to go to the memorial. Right. And this is also the first time Clark speaks in the entire movie. Yeah, which, right, pretty late in the game. Um, of course, they reunite with Martha. Why did you say that name? No, this is the piece where I said, let's put a pin in this. So Lois Lane is the key, but it wasn't for Clark's resurrection because Aquaman and Flash are having a heart-to-heart. How's Victor doing? You know, want to be by himself? We're asking a kid who just lost his father to go up against the most powerful machines in the universe. It's not fair. I thought you didn't care. I never said that. Bruce and Diana are talking. I had a dream. Oh, no, almost like a premonition. It was the end of the world. Barry Allen was right here. And he said to me, Lois Lane is the key. She is. To Superman. Every heart has one. I think it's something more. Something darker. Yeah, she was necessary for them to survive Superman's resurrection, but that's not even it. There's something bigger, and... Oh, see, I think it's... Lois Lane is the key to making sure Clark doesn't go evil, because... Well, yeah. Think about what what Cyborg saw. No, of course, of course, but that's in the future. It wasn't just the resurrection. That Barry is from the future. That Barry is from the, the future timeline. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that... It, we're not done with that idea because Superman is resurrected and calm. Actually, the the bigger test is in front of them, not behind them. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I very much enjoyed when they all come into the Batcave. First, Barry just... Wow, this is awesome. <laughs> but Alfred just being absolutely confused by cyborg like um okay <laughs> because cyborg has the the ship fixed it wanted to he's going to fix the ship he hasn't fixed it yet yeah oh no he's already well he's by, talking by, to it after the scene i just love the uh the end of this i'll put on the tea great and then where we're we gonna find the comps the end of this sequence is he's fixed the ship like that's right that's the end there's yeah and got, there's oh, yeah. the other part during this, they figure out where the mother box is. Zhadunov, ghost city not far from Moscow. It's been abandoned since the nuclear accident there 30 years ago. And this whole sequence ends with Bruce. I kind of wanted the, uh, when he says. He's never fought us, not us united. As a justice league, I'm workshopping it. I don't know if that's super friends. I don't know. A bundle, a, just, a justice bundle. Have you seen <laughs> the new Flow commercial? 
No. Yeah, they're at the beach. It's their day off. They're mm. at the talk shop. It's pretty funny. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a justice. Uh, it's like a collection of justice, like a justice bundle. Yeah, like a bundle. The league, Justice League. It's the Justice League. Justice League. <laughs> We're getting the plan here. It's going to use Flash's ability to supercharge and you know kickstart the mother boxes. He's except instead of the mother boxes, he's going to kickstart Cyborg into the Unity, and Cyborg will take it apart from right. the inside. Clark is back at mm-hmm. the Kryptonian ship. He hears the voices of his two fathers, Jorel and Jonathan. Really nice touch. Very nice touch. And now he dons the black suit. The Kryptonian armor opens up like Zod wore, then the blue and red suit. And then we don't see what he opens. But this is right out of, this is exact parallel to the scene in Man of Steel. The doors open. He walks out, puts his fists down. Does a better job taking off in this one than he did in Man of Steel. Doesn't, you know, take out the side of a fucking mountain. That's um, right. And he says, Fly, son. It's time. Uh, and now we're now we're in the fight, so let's... Yeah. What do you want to do? I love the way that they get in. Bruce drops off the other members of the Justice League. He's like, I gotta, I gotta go do a thing. That's Just, right. you, you stay here. He shoots <laughs> some missiles at the... At the, the Thing that's covering it. I don't even have a joke name for it. Um, Me- it's like a membrane dome. Uh, it's very, yeah, I don't, I would not want to. Put it it on opens a little, then closes, buries, like. Bruce, pull back. You're not going to make it. Just have to knock a little louder. And then, like, empties the armament <laughs> of this thing. I think it's called the Flying Fox. I will think that's the name of this. Everything this has one? a name. The Nightcrawler, okay. Flying Nightcrawler. Fox. At the end, we will see the War Machine. Yeah, we we totally will. The Dark Knight Returns War Machine. I love yeah, that. fuck yeah, we will. No, yes, not Rhodey. <laughs> not Rhodey, yeah. They break in. It is Parademons versus Justice League. Batman's trying to get all the Parademons to chase him. Come on, follow me, you damn insect. It's a really cool chase. They're just ripping the Batmobile to shreds, and then Aquaman lands on it. You really are out of your mind. They fight for a little bit. During all this, Steppenwolf has gotten all three of the mother boxes together, but they haven't unified. And I just love, he's almost like tapping the side of technology to make it work. He's like, <laughs> join. Did you did you turn it off and turn it back on? Yeah, you Unite. Did. Like, he just keeps, <laughs> like, saying words. It's it's like a <laughs> Spider-Man in uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1, where he's like, go, web, Fly! Fly. Fly. <laughs> Shazam! Uh, that would work in this universe. <laughs> It totally would. We get glowy-eyed Steppenwolf, which, you know, if he wasn't terrifying enough, let's just give him glowy eyes. Fuck. You know, we said it in in part one. Steppenwolf so works in the Snyder Cut, and he so did not work for me in the theatrical. Like, Uh, I thought he was the most... He didn't work for me either. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right? Like, the biggest letdown. But holy cow, his ability to hold his own against, you know, the... The group that we've got here is impressive. And yeah. as Cyborg is beginning to try to get into the boxes, he's essentially vulnerable as he's, you know, beginning to kind of go to the digital realm. And Steppenwolf comes up behind him, raise, you know, raises his axe, and oh shit, it's gonna be uh, you know, it's cyborg slicing time until the axe comes down and Superman has interceded himself. Standing there perfectly as the, the axe just like touches his shoulder. And the 
fucking mic drop line. Not impressed. This <laughs> is fucking awesome. So good. You know, as if he wasn't like <laughs> fucking waving his dick at Steppenwolf already. He freezes the axe with his breath and then shatters it and proceeds to beat the fuck out of Steppenwolf. Not even just beat the shit out of him. Like, does the... He gets him down the ground. He sits on top of him and is just punching him. He is uh, Ralphie from Christmas Story, Scott Farkasing. Yeah, he's right. just... <laughs> that's right. It, Steppenwolf is Scott Farkas, and Superman is Ralphie right now. You, you mentioned it, and it must have been Man of Steel. The Was it from Superman, the animated series, when he fights Darkseid? And he said, I realize that I've been pulling oh my, my punches. I like, I feel like this is... This is on par with that moment against Zod. Like, oh no, it's I can I can go full on. Yeah, I think, and also with this, we also have a Superman who doesn't know his limits. Sure. Right now, this is Kryptonian Kal El, who has godlike powers. Sure. I mean, every one of his punches is full force on Steppenwolf. Like it is breaking his armor off. Yeah. That seemed to be organically fused yeah, to him. So, awesome. ow. Yeah, and then, of course, it, because Superman's not selfish, he lets the mm-hmm. whole Justice League in on it. Wonder Woman blasts Steppenwolf. Aquaman knocks him flying. Superman slices his horn, one of his <laughs> horns off. It's just like the, the ultimate um, comeuppance. But unfortunately, all this has happened. It's too late. And the mother boxes unify, and there is an explosion. And Barry, much like when Superman was about to blast him, puts his hand out in a very specific way, and every the explosion slows down, and everything else around him stops. And I think the difference here is in the fight with Superman, Barry went like up to the limit, like fast as fast as he'd ever been. Here he goes. Okay. Just gotta go faster than the speed of light, far beyond the speed of light. You gotta break the rule, Barry, and you gotta do it now. You know, Wonder Woman doesn't need it in this movie because she had it in her own movie. Batman... Batman kind of had it in BVS. Yeah. Cyborg gets it in this movie. This is Flash's moment where he becomes, like, the self-actualized... He lives up to his potential. And as he's moving, I mean, it's so touching, right? Like, all he wants is for his dad to know that he was one of the heroes. Like, right. I'm, I'm getting choked up. It's a re- he says that when he's running, yeah. Dad, whatever happens, I want you to know... Your kid was one of them, Dad. One of the best of the best. Oh, my God. It's such a great moment. And, of course, he does it. He's able to go faster and push time backwards. It's fucking awesome. He pushes uh, Vic. Cyborg into, yeah. Into the mother box. Vic now is in back into his Gotham Knights. What is that, a letter jacket? It's a letterman jacket, yeah. Letterman jacket. And he uh, sees his mom, his dad, and a completely deborged uh, version of himself. And like, hey, you could you could have this all. And my question is, could the mother box deborg him? Sure, they could if they wanted to. Look, they resurrected Superman. So and they say, yeah. So so why didn't the mother box do that the first time? Is because Silas didn't know what he was doing and he was fucking around with stuff he shouldn't. I don't think Silas controlled the mother boxes. I think he may have accidentally like booted one up. Yeah. But I don't think Silas was in control of it. So I think, so this is all my headcanon. I think the mother box created Cyborg as a tool to advance their mission. Like it gave them a powerful ally when they knew that this Kryptonian was on earth. Right. Like I'm assuming they figured 
Cyborg was going to be the the Hellboy of this world, right? Like they figured they he would be used to help bring about Darkseid's. Which you know, uh, when we watch Justice League War, that's exactly what is going on. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, quick question: Is Cyborg in? And again, they're different periods, but in the comics, does Cyborg have this? Connection to Dark Side and now he does. Originally, now Vic Stone was just car crash. Dad gives him cybernetic, cybernetic okay. implants. Got it. So this really kind of makes him almost well a cosmic level here. One hundred percent. He never was yeah. originally. Yeah. Okay. You know, originally the the Flash movie was supposed to be like Flash and Cyborg together, and then in the Cyborg movie, it was supposed to be Flash and Cyborg together. Like, it's gonna be two movies, oh, wow. like kind of. Two movies getting these characters. Falcon and Winter Soldier. And this is yeah. definitely setting that up. Like, we have reached a certain point with each one of these characters because during this whole Mother Box moment, at the end, the... I'm not broken. And I'm not alone. Which, Jesus Christ, yeah. hit me in a way because I was just like, oh, okay. Yep. Fuck. Especially since, like, that, that suicide prevention, that is their call sign, you know, you're not broken. You're not alone. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, and it's, you know, who this movie is, is, uh, dedicated, dedicated to. to. I was like, yeah. motherfucker is so good. That was cool. He says, I'm not broken, not alone. He comes out, he's figured out how to separate them. And then, Oh, poor Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is stabbed by Aquaman's trident punched as hard as possible by Superman, and as he's going through a boom tube that's just yes. open, like a portal, yep. he's fucking beheaded by Diana. Just, yeah. and if not enough insult to injury, when his head lands by his brother, Darkseid, Darkseid just crushes his skull. Oh, I thought Darkseid was his father. Brother. I did not realize that. Ooh. Okay. All right. Depends on who's writing them. Sometimes they're father and son. Sometimes they're brothers. Yeah. Brothers. Okay. Darkseid steps on the head. The tube closes. <laughs> and decide the little worm reminds Darkseid that... I told you. Steppenwolf would fail. Fine. I'll do it myself. It's <laughs> pretty much what he says. How will you retrieve your great prize? Anti-life is found to sod, and we will stop at nothing to possess it. Ready the Armada? We will use the old ways. I now realize why Desaad is wearing those flowing robes. It's to cover the ginormous testicles he has <laughs> to turn to Darkseid and say, I told you so. Told you so. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> like, holy shit, Desaad, what are you doing? Yeah. He has beams that come out of his eyes that no matter what you do, they're going to hit you if he wants them to. They will make right turns in space and get you. Yeah. Fuck. You mentioned it earlier. Standing there, it's... Um, Granny goodness. Uh, Darkseid, Desaad, and Granny goodness. God. Yeah, who's this wonderfully, like, wicked... Yeah, I mean, there's so much good stuff to build on. I really hope we we get this. Granny expanded. Goodness shows up in Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who voices Granny Goodness? Uh, yes, I saw that. Oh, so we we mentioned her. We mentioned her. <laughs> no, it's not a her. That's the best part. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes, Ed Asner. Ed Asner. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Ed fucking Asner. But doing a voice like this, you're just like, oh my god, oh, this is wonderful. That's brilliant. Uh, <sighs> all right, that is the end of part six. 
And then we get, I mean. Oh, wait, no. The end of part oh. six has my favorite moment in the entire four-hour movie. Booyah. No. <laughs> fuck you. No, it's the, almost everyone else can fly or run really fast. They go up to the top of one of the cooling towers. Yep. Uh, Bruce grapples up there. Superman just picks him up one-handed, lifts him up. And when he puts him down, Barry's just smiling. like, <laughs> he picked you up like a little rag doll. It's funny. <laughs> and the look Bruce gives him, like, I will kill you I six will, times will before you him. realize what's coming. <laughs> I just, I love it so much because he's just got this big, dopey smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he then continues because he looks at him like, these are my friends. <laughs> Damn, they got friends. The Flash is so fucking adorable yeah, in this movie. And that's the end of part six. And then we get what is essentially almost another full part. I mean. But it's called the epilogue. It's called the epilogue. And it is a father twice over. Oh, man. And so the real world. Cyborg's in his apartment. He reassembles his father's tape recorder. Silas speaks to him. Now, let me speak to you from my heart, not as a scientist, as a father. Your father, twice over, I brought you into the world and back to it. You can't imagine how proud I am of who you are, have always been. Aquaman's in the village. He says his goodbye to Volko and Mira. He gets into the back of a truck. I gotta go see my father. Silas's assistant Ryan is put in charge of Star Labs. What is his specialty? Uh, I missed that. Ryan Shore, director of nanotechnology. Oh. That's your thing. Are you up? That's my thing. We're getting there. We're getting the atom. We're getting the atom. <laughs> oh, wait. These movies aren't going to continue. Ah, well, maybe. Uh, Bruce, Alfred, and Diana are at the abandoned Wayne Manor. Big round table. Six chairs. Right there. But room for more. But room for more. Barry's got back at the prison where his father is. It's actually the worst job you can get in a crime lab, but uh, my, my foot's in the door. This is like a job, job. Job, job. Martha's moving back to the farm. How did you get the house back from the bank? I bought the bank. Victor visits his father's grave. Commissioner Gordon looks, lights up the bat signal. We get the Easter egg of the, the tank from Dark Knight Returns. Not just War Machine. If you look really closely down at the bottom where War Machine is pointing down its headlights at. Yeah, there's a figure there. Yeah. It's the mutants. Oh, okay. All right. You got to look real close, but it's the mutants. And you're just like, oh, my God. I, I saw that there was definitely somebody in front of it. It was doing, like, the peer yep. down on it. Diana's holding the arrow. The flash runs. Clark does the Superman shirt move. Uh, and I'm rushing through that because... One one thing. Yeah, sorry. I just want to get to the nightmare. No, no, that's fine. No. One thing to point out. The Flash's chest piece now has the white circle behind it when he's running there. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed it this watch. I was like, ooh. Ooh, that's oh, nice. It is hard to tell that he's still wearing the black suit when you're watching it in black and white because they had a computer generate all the fight sequence when they shot it originally. Yeah. It was the blue and red suit. No kidding. They had to go through and digital because he wanted it to be black suit and then Nightmare Verse, he's wearing the black suit, which is weird because. The nightmare sequence, when we see him, he's wearing the blue and red suit. In the theatrical. In both. No, in the in the one that we saw just earlier where um, Darkseid's sitting on the throne, Superman's wearing the black suit. No, no. The, the, what we're about to talk about in a second. Oh, what we're about. He, when oh, he God, lands, God, God. he's in blue and red. Which is God, weird. God, if you God, went God. through and computer-generated everything else, just 
do it for this last shot because those shots are from uh, BVS. Those aren't even because they couldn't get oh. Cavill back for reshoots. That's no kidding. That and um, the end of the nightmare sequence with Martian Manhunter were the only reshoots that he did. Oh, no kidding. Okay. One last thing before we get to the nightmare verse. Oh, yeah. A, a longer version of what we got in the theatrical release. Luther, of course, is not in Arkham. He's got a double who's there. He's on his yacht. Looks like like Monaco or some kind of Mediterranean sure, city. Um, speedboat comes up to the back of the yacht. Deathstroke gets out. It's the wonderful Joe Manganello. You got it, buddy. All right. I've... Oh, uh, before we go too far away from it, Arkham yeah. Asylum. Uh, it yeah. says that it was established in 1974. That was the first appearance of <laughs> Arkham Asylum in the comics. Arkham Asylum. I... Batman 258. Deathstroke has volunteered to kill Batman free of charge. If this universe continues, important point, Lex tells Deathstroke. If you want the Batman, here is something that can help you. His name is Bruce Wayne. So, again, if this universe continues, oh, shit, Batman's, you know, biggest secret is now out. Bum, bum, bum. And now we're at the Nightmare Verse. Oh, fuck, man. Which I want more of this, please. The whole Justice League 2 was going to be Nightmare. Oh, man, it's so good. I don't know how we got here. Like, pretty much the first oh, 20 minutes like, would be how we got there, and then it would jump to I, Nightmare Verse. So, there's so much to look at and wonder Oh my god, it's amazing. So you, uh, how about the fucking parademons getting an upgrade? Yeah, but I think they're not wearing as much armor because I'm wondering if some of their armor is protecting them from the elements of our Earth. Well, remember, so when Darkseid terraforms, one of it, the things that we learn during one of the expositions, maybe it's when Cyborg is telling about, or or it's when the the Amazonians are telling. We learn that when Darkseid takes over a planet after the Unity forms, and they they terraform mm-hmm. or whatever it is to, to make they apocalypsize it, right? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, sure, that's a word. It transforms all of the residents who've survived into parademons. Right. So maybe, so all the parademons so far were not humans. Oh, uh, right. Yep. So, so these are Earth. These yeah. are Earth parademons. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we get uh, Nightmare Batman, which is honestly the only way I could ever cosplay as Batman. <laughs> and listen, that's not a bad choice. Because it's... Cargo pants, boots. The cowl. A duster, a yeah. cowl, and a, a muscle yeah. shirt. Ta-da! I'm Nightmare there Batman. Yeah, that works. We've got Mira, who's now speaking with a British accent. Not even a good one. It's just like, yeah. like human garbage pile that is Amber Heard yeah. aside. Yeah. All the all these were shot pretty much in Zach's backyard. Sure, sure. And I really like, Zach could have been like, Amber, you want to just tone it down yeah, just a the- just like let the boss you're here I'm like just the bring bastard? it to here. bring it down to here yeah, yeah. um mira references i'll stab this through his heart for what he did arthur there's an armored figure who as it does like the iron man helmet mm-hmm. pulls back it's a badass looking barry with like a bandolier of bullets i'm like what do you what do you need bullets yeah, for barry yeah. you are a bullet <laughs> uh we've got death stroke with a really killer mohawk Co- killer now. mohawk we have a caped cyborg oh, that's right. for the some cape, reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we get as the sh- there's a shot on Bear or Batman has said something. There's a shot on him, and we hear this voice ask, "Who have you ever loved?" And we hear this disconcerting oh, laughter oh, oh, as oh, oh, we see Jared Leto's. First of all, 
Congratulations, Mr. Leto. You were the first person to play the Joker more than once in a live action capacity. <laughs> You're totally right. Aside from Cesar Romero, like. Yeah, in any movie. He's yeah. it. Fuck. So I don't know what's happening. I like this Joker much more than I like Suicide Squad Joker, but obviously it's supposed to be the same Joker. Like a cockroach, <clears throat> he survived, right? Of course he did. And he's got all these, he's wearing a flak jacket and he's got um, <laughs> like two dozen sheriff and uh, deputy and whatever badges. Yep. Uh, he obviously is not taking time to contour his makeup. He's just thrown on some red rouge real fast. Yeah. Uh, he's got, you know, I think Jared's like, I'm not cutting my hair again. Like, I already cut it for Suicide Squad, and I didn't like how I was treated there. That's his real hair. Oh, is it? It's oh, yeah, really Jared's got long. super fucking long. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's really long. It's Don't o- forget, Jared Leto is a rock star. Yeah, he but, likes but to it have was the short, long hair. It was short just a couple of years earlier. Although I guess that's long enough to grow it long. It, it works. It just looks like he fits in in this po- in this you know hell on earth. You look at Joker, you're like, yeah, he was. Yeah, because he's wearing like a surgeon's u- uniform underneath, like very yeah. disturbing. And of course, his talk track is. He knows exactly what it's like to lose someone he loves. Is he just fucking with Batman? He says, "You won't kill me. I'm your best friend. Besides, who's gonna give you a reach around?" One hundred percent. So is is he saying that he's the top? <laughs> is that what he's saying? 100%. That's okay. what he's saying. Yeah. I like when... He knows exactly what it's like to lose someone he loves. You know, like a, a father, like a mother. Batman's... Be very careful with the next thing you say. Like an adopted son. Isn't that right? Maybe, in a way, that smelly old flounder is right. Because how many can die in your arms before you grow numb to death? That's not very careful. Yeah, yeah. Joker says, You need me to help you undo this world you created by letting her die. Then he asks, How many alternate timelines do you destroy the world? Because, frankly, you don't have the colonies to die yourself. Batman then tells Joker. You know, it's funny. You would talk about people who died in my arms. Because when I held Harley Quinn and she was bleeding and dying, she begged me with her last breath that when I killed you, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you, that I do it slow. One of the things Zach wanted to shoot for the nightmare sequence for this movie to make it just even fucking longer, he wanted to shoot a whole fight sequence between the two of them in his house. I'm like, Zach, this movie's four hours. You're good, buddy. Listen, I like, yes, I want to see that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So Um, they're interrupted by Cyborg. He's found us. Uh, First of all, none of these actors were together. Uh, Ben Affleck and Jared Leto did not shoot their scenes together. Wow. Nobody is together. They're all either in Zach's fucking driveway or in his backyard. Doesn't it's matter. It insane. It all works. This whole bit. Not only does it work, it never feels like they're not together. Yeah, but that's why I was running through like <laughs> the beginning parts of the epilogue. I'm like, I want to get to this because oh my god, like this is a pitch for a two more movies. 
right? Like you watch that, like how do you not want to know what happens? From what I understand, because I don't know if we're ever going to get them. Yeah. Two is going to be Nightmare. Bruce sacrifices himself. That gets the Flash to go back in time to do the Lois is the key. Then we would jump. Then we would jump and Bruce would save Lois. That wouldn't happen. Darkseid would then try and come again. And that's when uh, at the end of Justice League 3, Clark would don the red and blue suit again. Got it. Listen, I'd watch that. I'm there. Do it. Watch the shit out of it. And listen, if Justice League 2 and 3 are also four hours, you've got me for half a day. Congratulations. Literally half a day. (laughs) And just to be really explicit, again, if you didn't watch this, why are you listening to this? But the he's found us is Superman landing as his heat vision fires up. It's the same emphasis on you know, he and him that Mira had when she referenced stabbing mm-hmm. him through the heart for what he did to Arthur. So, which again, she could, uh, I believe Atlantean technology, much like Amazonian technology has its uh, roots in magic. Oh, and I if we're going that. with magic and hurt him, Oh yeah. Atlanteans and Amazonians used to get along a lot better. Got it. Oh yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now we're back in the real world. Bruce has woken up from his nightmare. And as a caped figure floats down, it's not Superman, but of course it's Martian Manhunter again. (laughs) And Bruce is so nonplussed. Can I help you? Yeah. Great. Another asshole with a cape. Awesome. Martian Manhunter tells him, I'm sure you know Darkseid is not finished with Earth. The anti-life equation is here somewhere, and we have to find it before he does. There's a war coming, and I'm here to help. I'm sorry. Who are you again? I've gone by many names and taken many forms. And like you, I've realized I have a stake in this world, and it's time I started fighting for it. Oh. Well, we can definitely use the help. Which is exactly, you know, I've seen a bunch of people kind of make fun of it online. Like, that's Martian Manhunter's character. He comes to Earth after his entire race is wiped out by the White Martians. Mm And it's just like, I I'm just live here, you know? Yeah, it works for me. We get at the end. I'm sorry, who, who are you again? They call me Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> That's racist. Casey, let's try that again. Oh, and some have called me the Martian Manhunter. And he flies away over this beautiful lake and the music swells. It says for autumn and movie. So, Todd. Dude. Dude. That was Zachary Snyder's Justice League. Thank God we got that because... Oh, my God. I look at the DC Universe entirely differently with this movie in it. Yeah, I had said multiple times, I don't want to watch Joss Whedon's Justice League again. That movie makes me sad and angry all at the same time. And congratulations, you didn't have to. And we're not going to. I will never watch it again. That's right. Okay, so we got... Whew, we got some questions. Oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, because we're doing it for both parts. So yeah, the whole the movie. Yeah, whole yeah. movie. Todd. <sighs> Who was your favorite character? So I've said Henry Cavill is my favorite Superman, Mm -hmm. but this is not really Superman's movie. Nope. You know, Batman is driving so much, but love Wonder Woman. She's got her own movie. I think it's Barry. I think it's The Flash. Yeah, it's The Flash. Yeah, I'm I'm right with you. It's The Flash. He's great in this. It made me excited to see The Flash movie even more. 
yeah. seeing this version of the Flash. Yeah. Casey, what is the best scene? <sighs> what is the best scene? God, there's so much to choose from. There's an embarrassment of riches. It's got to be the resurrection. Even though I don't like how they get to the resurrection, just... The jump start, the resurrection? The jump start to them battling him at the memorial, okay. that whole section of the movie. Uh, okay, so I was going to go right to them fighting Superman. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah I, yeah, I guess I'll yeah. trim it down to that. The fight at the memorial is just... You see everybody at the top of their game. And again, the moment in that is the moment when Superman's, you're right, his eyes move <laughs> tracking Barry. Like, that's the moment where you're like, oh, fuck, he's only been at 15%, right? Like <laughs> this is the moment Barry knew he fucked up. <laughs> he fucked up. Oh, I immediately regret my decision. <laughs> right. What is one scene you would cut, sir? So... You know, I, I feel like we need to be clear. This never would have been released in the theaters at four hours. That just would not have happened. We will see. So my assumption is I, I know that as directors and editors assemble essentially their first cut of the movie, my understanding is anything that you think needs to be in there has got to be in that. Right. And it's going to get cut down from there, right? So he might put out a four-hour first cut that gets cut to 215 right so anything you think wanted wants to be in there has got to be in there uh, i mean this is a long it's a long movie i enjoyed all of it there's no scene that i would say this scene serves no purpose but i mean you know the decision to do four hours as a movie is a lot um you know i i there's one thing i would cut Oh. Having Martha be Martian Manhunter. But you said you liked that scene, but you just wanted that to actually be Martha. I just wanted to end with her leaving. So you'd rewrite I, the scene. It's not even rewriting. Okay. Just oh, okay. Have her leave and don't have Got the it. whole, the world needs you, Lois, the nonsense in the hallway. Just pfft. scene ends with okay. Clark's mom getting Lois off her ass. It's a great scene. Okay. It's kind of fudged by that moment. Sure, sure. Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Do we want to say it on three? Sure. One, two, three. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. 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 He's clearly. having a blast. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. They, they are, are having, having a blast. That's right. That's they are right. having a fucking blast yeah, making this movie. 100%. Uh, all right. So, Casey, once again, we said it last time. We didn't say it today, but the IMDb score for this movie is an 8.1. What about you? How do you rate this? 9.5. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. 9.5. Some of it is just like long. Again, you know, you could trim, but. The stuff that I'd want trimmed is if this really is the end of this, there's stuff that we can cut to make this a true trilogy like Warner Brothers is trying to push on us. Yeah. And did you see that yesterday they released a trailer for they're going to release a 4K version of Joss Whedon's Justice League? Why? Well, go read all the comments on YouTube because it is that. Like, nobody wants this. <laughs> Someone has clearly staked their power on the decision that Joss's vision was better. Wow, they're really doubling down on that. Holy cow. Even though every uh, single wow. thing shows us that this is a superior movie. The amount of people who watched yeah. it versus the amount of money Justice League made, the amount of the, the critical acclaim and the audience scores for this are much higher than, I mean, it's... It, 
so frustrating that someone's yeah. ego is getting in the way of this continuing. Well, listen, the fans, uh, they weren't able to rewrite season eight of Game of Thrones or erase the last Jedi. Isn't that the one they wanted to erase? Yes, they're wrong. I, if any of the three of them, it would yeah. be Rise of Skywalker because... Yes. Well, listen, Continue. the fans did it this time, so who knows? <laughs> Dad's breakdown. No. So for you're saying for the bean, it's a no. She was there when I was watching part one, and the only, I, I mentioned it when we were talking about part one, and I made her watch the uh, Cyborg Wonder Woman scene because she loves Teen Titans Cyborg. I'm like, a little different, huh? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very different. Well, that's definitely depends on the kid. Uh, so Joseph, who's 14, watched the whole thing the night that we watched his family. Mm-hmm. Um, the goon did not watch it, but Joe watched it, watched the whole thing and loved it. So good. I mean, again, it's a four hour movie. It's weighty. So yeah, for some kids, that's going to be too much. And now it's time. So we are not Oops. picking the next movie from Thor's helmet. What? But Casey, this is the end of season four. No, we're doing, we're fucking with everything this year. We are going to have nerd debate three. This time it's personal this summer. <laughs> And whichever one of you five-timers or the host wins, they are going to pick our season five opener. And if they want to, they get to be the guests on the episode. What a twist. What a fucking twist it is. I love it. I guess you better tune into Nerd Debate 3. This time it's personal. Fuck yeah, you should. I worked really hard on these questions this year. Okay, so no trailer to watch. I think that's all that leaves for season four is uh, thank you for being with us this whole time. Todd, thank you for being my friend, first and foremost. But uh, secondly, uh, thanks for doing this with me for so long. This dumb little uh, idea I had in my head that I came to you with and you were like, we should get drunk while we talk about these movies. (laughs) Right back at you, buddy. Thank you uh, for being my friend and inviting me on this ride. Holy cow. 80 episodes in just the the straight movie episodes, plus everything else we've done. Three seasons of Patreon. Uh, holy cow, it's been a ride. But while we're thanking people, we should thank those wonderful creators who provide music to us. Yeah. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music royalty-free at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. You can get his music royalty-free at silvermansound.com. Find us on social media at Twitter at TSPHC Tweets, Instagram. We are Superpod HeroCast. And if you'd like to write us a long-form letter... Of any kind, electronically, you can do so at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. So we'll see you for Nerd Debate 3. This time it's personal. And we'll see you in the (laughs) fall for Superpod HeroCast Season 5. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic. Wait, I want to do it again. Yeah. So that'll do it for Superpod HeroCast for this season. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. And for Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. Dude. Season five. Because I got to build uh, <coughs> previously with uh, BVS and Man of Steel. Got it. Okay. Because there's callbacks all the way back to Man of Steel in this movie. Okay.
All right. That's what we need a producer for. <laughs> we need. Yeah. If someone could just go back and listen to the episodes and yeah. pull the previously, I could take care. I could, it's just, it's so fucking time consuming. I want, by the end of season five, I want us to have a producer. That's my goal with everything that Night Shift is doing, like in the yes. growth. Like that would be pretty cool. Oh, the water bearer. So, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Bring okay. Bear? Bernie, are you saying ring bearer or ring? You don't watch How I Met Your Mother. That joke's no, lost I don't. on you. Sorry. Two characters are going to get married, one of them being um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and he keeps being like, yeah, and I've hired a ring bear. Ring bear. And they're like, are you saying ring bear or ring bearer? He goes, yeah. <laughs> it's the rural juror. It's the, rur- the rural juror? <laughs> so then uh, Darkseid sees Wonder Woman for the first time. Uh, and says an Amazonian. Uh, no, Steppenwolf. What did I say? Dark side. Let me take that Dark all side. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 